0: So square one and Gary. Square one culture gallery. Okay. You made a face. No, when no, 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 no. no, you, no, oh, no okay. No, no. All right. Yes. Square one, it's great. It's um on Lake Street. And so it's a sort of like we talked about it once since we had John come on the podcast and talked about the sort of new renaissance that's taking place. Within Gary, of like young creatives and artists and designers, and just so last night we had a group that had been together for quite a while. Um, Cooley Rev, I don't know, here you remember the group Cooley Rev? It was like a a bunch of them together as like writers and artists. And so we had three of them come out Fitz, Ben King, right? Philly, Hodge Prime, like you remember these people. Okay. Life comes full circle. circle.
1: Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> damn, why you out there? I know all his, his government. government. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: uh,
1: well, shout out to <laughs> Benford. Mm. Um. That's that's what's up. No, I wasn't making a face to Gary. However, I did just have a conversation with my office mate about Gary, and so I'm I glad to, this person. I, I mean, she's from Chicago, they so are
2: so by Indiana, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so tell she me, Tell me,
1: give me your firsthand. You grew up in Gary. I did. Okay, tell me about Gary. Because it wow. sounds pretty
0: dope right now. You know what? It really is. And I think that it is, even if you're not from there, because there are people that are moving there from Chicago, even one of the other owners of the gallery, Erin. Aaron Erin's from Chicago, and she sort of, like, has embraced this this Gary culture. Um, I think that what it is like is it's – we talk about it all the time, right? Gary is big, but it's small at the same time, like – I want to say it was like third largest city in Indiana. So if you can imagine one of those places that you saw in any sort of documentary from the black migration mm-hmm. era where you have all of these people move from down South to get these jobs at the steel mills Mm -hmm. and then like cultivate this very working city, right? Like Detroit or any other place that would be on the map, you know, like that was just booming. Like, I think like, um, the village, I was just our little strip moss, the first one of its kind Mm -hmm. in the country that happened there, the Jacksons, obviously like, you know, they're from there. Then you have like all sorts of, um, other inventors and talents Sammy Davis Jr. had like his mm-hmm. he, a fast food restaurant there like mm-hmm. everybody would come there and so to <laughs> imagine growing up with that story of this place and you kind of seeing then the remnants of it yeah. as it slowly deteriorates <laughs> due to just poor leadership and mismanagement of money and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and the industrial I mean like yeah cause mm-hmm. Steel City right, yeah. definitely yeah. owns like a big portion of Gary like they basically got a city within a city as much as they own And then, yeah, you know, drugs and funding, But But when you drive
3: through it, it's not pretty. I mean, it's not.
0: Right. That's why. But if you're from there, then not only do you have, not only do you have the sort of visual, but you have like the historical perspective on it as well. So I get to like paint a picture for my friends of this place. And it's like, cause why do you live there? And it's like, but you don't know the potential. You don't have that same history that I heard all the time from my grandparents of what it used to be like, or what this was, this theater or Michael Jackson performed here. That means something to me Mm -hmm. So to see it Having this Resurgence Of like This is what my grandparents Are talking about Like I'm here for it And it's us Like it's so many people Right now I was just saying I'm not political Uh Oh I worked the job. but I was, like
1: we're gonna circle back to that but continue
0: saying But so many of my friends right now in my generation, my age that I knew and grew up with are running for political office. And that's exactly what I said when I was having that terrible job. I'm like, if we don't do it, it's definitely gonna be messed up here. So to see now like all these 30 somethings running mm-hmm. and then like the art scene and just it makes my heart
3: melt. Oh many people come together in a way that I think was kind of missing in the community. But- yeah. Especially our generation, because we were so fragmented due to like gang culture and drug mm-hmm. culture and all of these things. Like to see people like coming together in Gary is like I love like I'll be on Kelly Snaps like, oh, let me see. Oh, they doing stuff it's like nice. <laughs> like it feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels really good
0: to have even like a space like that being cultivated and then this sort of extension we were just talking last mm-hmm. night like not being able to wait for that moment we can spread this thing west like mm-hmm. this is for everybody there it's not just for people in miller and which is the you know the better part i guess if you want to have to pick one but it's for everybody so we just need to get our money right and
3: that's what we're going to do <laughs> Buy stuff, so we'll go this summer. I'll take you up there. I'm ready. It's they always have like. I'm ready. I'm ready. ready. Hi, connectors.
1: Welcome to another episode of Connected to the Podcast. Gary, yes, I am coming. Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans, for sure. Y'all are my next stop. So, artists. Hit me up, I'm ready to travel. And you hear that? That's my boy, exclusive Yusuf, all the way from Ergada, Egypt. Artists, connect, I travel. All right, let's keep connecting with Triple Entendre. You know what to do, sit back, relax, do what you do, whatever you do while listening to a podcast. And let's get connected. We are connected. I am here with LaCara. What's up, LaCara? Hey. And Kelly. Hello. How y'all doing? (laughs) Great. And they are two out of three Mm -hmm. of Triple Entendre. I love that. Triple Entendre (laughs) podcast. And just like their name says, they're all connected and we're going to connect with them today. So y'all welcome. Thank y'all for having me here. Thank you for having us. Shout out to Kofi.
3: Yeah! Shout out to Kofi, our producer and um, CEO slash creator of Seven Six Five Live Radio. Ooh, shout out, boy! Bow, 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 bow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 so
1: shout out to him because we are here in his studio space, and I will let them introduce themselves because I really wasn't sure like what title to give y'all so. Oh. Yeah. I
0: don't know what title to give myself Me either.
1: What what y'all do?
0: Go ahead. You go first. Okay. Well, let me see. Before this, I was a professor, but now I work for an IT company in downtown in Chicago. And it's, it's very millennial, Uh um, which is very different. So I am, I'm an IT person now, not a professor anymore. But I forget sometimes when people ask me but a lifelong student but mm-hmm. a lifelong learner. <laughs> okay. So you're a professor of communication. Okay. Mhm. And my job now is about uh I feel like I'm getting an MBA mm-hmm. in 3 months. So it's definitely different for me. I'm back in the student role. What does that mean? It's a lot of uh, business understanding and and finance and things. There's math. I have a calculator at my desk. Uh-uh. Like it's, it was. It's it's different. And um, but at the same time, it's sort of like, oh okay, I'm learning all these new skills that I probably should have had before, but I avoided. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so I'm just getting it on the tail end,
3: applying yourself in a different way. I mm-hmm. am. I think it's making me smarter. It oh, absolutely, good. is. I, guarantee
0: I it.
1: Because anybody who does numbers, like yeah. I I applaud you. Because sometimes you. I'm
0: like. Ah, but then I'm like, oh, I figured it out. <laughs> no,
1: nope, I applaud y'all.
0: And so then you said technology as well. Yeah. Um, they make these uh, business games like simulations, actually. What? Yeah, that sounds so, dope. Yeah. For the first couple of months, I'm just like playing games at work. Um, you get to pretty much run a, a company mm-hmm. from the beginning without actually ruining millions of dollars and learning how those pieces work together to do that. Um a lot of schools use it in their in their business programs. Um, I know Purdue does, like Iowa does. Like it's a, it's a thing. Okay. It just wasn't my thing because yeah. I didn't know anything about it. That sounds super cool though. It's cool. It's chill.
3: Okay. Dope. Uh-huh. And Ms. LaCara. Yes. How are you? Um, so I am a, what is referred to as a clinical research associate. Um, basically that means I monitor clinical trials for pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. for new drugs that they are trying to market or- You monitor. Yes. You don't so- get to try them. No. Okay. <laughs> no, I basically um so clinical studies are run across the country in different clinics and hospitals, um different types of patient populations. I like to call myself the hood clinical research associate. Okay. Typically people in my industry don't like traveling to the inner city to monitor trials. Um, There are hospitals and clinics in the inner city. I know some people don't realize that, but, and those people deserve access to new drugs just like anyone else. Yes. So I market myself on being willing to go into some of these um, harder to reach areas where they are seeing patients and they are trying new drugs and just making sure that the data is accurate, complete. Contemporaneous and not fake, mm-hmm. and making sure that they're following the FDA regulations and guidelines, and as well as their local SOPs and guidelines. Yeah, well. keeping people alive. Yes. Yeah. She's yep. a Thank real you. Boss. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I, I mean, I think the the one thing that's like very important to me in my job is making sure that poor people have access to the same types of new therapies mm-hmm. that everyone else has access to, because there is a bias in research. Um, that's why when you have blood pressure medication and you find out 10 years from now, oh, this blood pressure medication isn't really good for African-American people. They didn't know that because they didn't have the African-American population yeah. that they needed when they were originally running the trials. Yeah. Boom. Wow. <laughs> so. Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> She's keeping us
0: all safe. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, and that's so interesting because I've been hearing a lot of stories about black women specifically mm-hmm. and the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. like how we're not really taking care of y'all are yeah. supposed to listen to us. Like, this is what's
3: going on with my body. Yeah. There is a but bias instead, in healthcare with mm-hmm. um, the treatment of people of color and more specifically women of color, for sure. Wow, They don't believe us. There's, it's just like, I was talking to someone about it the other day and they referred to it as a subconscious bias, but I really think it's more of a subconscious racism mm-hmm. um, that tells you that someone isn't worthy of the benefit of the doubt or belief in the same way as someone else based on their race. Mm-hmm. I don't think people are really cognizant of it. I don't think that they're like blatantly just deliberately going out there and saying, well, we're not going to believe black women today. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But it's just, it's something that happens. So I do think that there is some form of a
0: sort of stereotype, archetype of mm-hmm. this strong black woman yep. narrative yep. that, that we also, Works you against know, us that ends up working against yeah. us, right? We perpetuate that thing. And then it gets sort of cemented into the mind. I mean, even with like athleticism where you see these sort of historical movies or you see somebody getting whipped or something, you think I could never do that. I'm never that strong. But then you see her do it. And, and somehow she managed to still also yeah. run away and do these things. Mm-hmm. So like you make it in your mind that that person is, is, Physically able to withhold more than the average individual.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I just got a message from Carrie. She's actually at the hospital now. So man, shout outs to her. I hope she's well and everything is okay. So that's why she's not here today. Yeah. Apachicana. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Apachicana. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I hope she's all right. Hmm. I hope they're listening to her.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Talking about women of color. Hello, yeah. girl. Oof, it's real. I was like, if they don't listen to Serena, yeah, um, like I need a real advocate. Right. No, you do somebody that's going to double down on what I'm saying because if not, then you know you have people that are uninformed themselves mm-hmm. in a situation where they have authority figures telling them it's just this, or you'll be yeah. fine if you take this ibuprofen and they go for it.
1: Mm-hmm. So, you cool. shout out to the black doctors, the black female doctors, shout yes. out to my friend, specifically Brittany, mm-hmm. who's a black doctor. Nice. And she went into endocrinology, like to help, like we have a lot of like PCOS, yeah. you know, in our community mm-hmm. victims. I am a victim. I mean, say what you want. That's, I'm I'm a victim. Yeah, this like making me all hairy and stuff. <laughs> but <clears throat> um, I do appreciate those black women who are, you know, did what it took to get into a field that was predominantly white, predominantly b- white men. So shout out to y'all. Yeah, y'all the bomb. Yeah. So, all right, Kelly, you're from Gary.
3: Where are you from, Lacare? I'm from Lafayette. I'm from right here. Okay. Born and raised, went to Purdue, never left. Hopefully that changes at some point, but okay. at this point. <laughs> okay.
1: So if not here, then where?
3: So I'm toying with a couple of different options. Like I'm really, and this is going to sound crazy to anybody listening to the podcast and the people in the room, but I'm really loving and feeling Detroit right now. Okay. Um, I have I'm this like love affair with black cities. <laughs> like, just, I don't know, even if they are deindustrialized and poverty ridden, like, I just still, like, there's this vibe and energy there that I'm just connected to. Mm-hmm. So, and I have family in Detroit. My dad Is lived it in Detroit. 312? No. 315. Uh, um, Whatever area. Everybody in the 313. Okay. Yeah, okay 313. <laughs> Pop for everything, <laughs> for life. You get it? <laughs> Shout out to Eminem. There you go. <laughs> oh my God, I love you. <laughs> All
1: right. So, how is life like growing up here in Lafayette and in Gary? And like, what was after school like after high school? i like let Kelly start.
0: After high school, I came here. You mean like after school, like, yeah, like, like you know, like, what was
1: it like growing up? Do y'all
0: have siblings? Oh man. You know what? Like growing up in Gary, I definitely feel like there was a sort of freedom in it. I think that I, I was born in that time where I was right on the in-between of still going outside Mm -hmm. and playing with friends and riding your bike and things like that. And I always felt, um, safe within the parameters of where I knew that I could go, mm-hmm. um, which was actually quite far um, on the West side. But at the same time, like I knew how to be home at a certain time. So there was like before the street a, lights, oh, Yeah. Like the, when they would come on, my grandfather would start yelling for me, but growing up, I feel like was somewhat idyllic even mm. considering what it is. But I know that that might not be everybody's experience, but it was mine just given like where we lived and things like that.
1: I mean, that's interesting because, I mean, we were literally just having a conversation, my office mate and I, about Gary and how I drove through Gary going to Chicago. And I was like, yo, all right I'm ready like come on light change you know <laughs> yeah. but like to hear and I don't mean that like any no, disrespect no, I know the
0: area you I know where you were probably, probably yeah. Know, yeah
1: I mean whatever road that was because yeah. I think like every time I I go to Chicago <laughs> it's like through there and I'm like all right all right come on come on move out the street come on you know yeah.
0: and I could see that being the perspective but there isn't the type of like violence or strong-arming sort of Acts that occur that you would think maybe that you should be on the lookout for
3: like random acts of violence. Yeah, I was like, having that conversation with someone the other day because we were talking about like how I, you know, am often in the inner city and just like moving through. And it's like a lot of people have this misconception that there's just like random acts of violence that occur. And it's not, I mean, most of it is situational. Yeah. So it's like if you're not in those situations you're probably going to be okay Mm -hmm. or at those particular places that are
0: right you know so it's kind of like that i mean the 90s was hard and i feel like the 90s was hard everywhere for all black communities like i i just think that that occurred due to fuck who reaganomics and all these sort of things that that ended up playing out um because you did mention funding yeah and with um gun violence and things like that but um So that was an interesting sort of grow up period. I felt like my life mirrored the music that I was hearing on the radio and stuff. So it was just like, well, this is clearly the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it is here. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I went to college. (coughs) Where'd you go? Purdue. Okay. Mm -hmm. Boiler up. Boiler up. Oh, they won last night too. They beat Villanova. Yes. yes, yes. I should have made a work bracket. Yeah. But I didn't Mm do it. But after school, you know, I went to, I didn't go to Gary public school, which is a little bit different than most people's experience. Um, so after school for me was filled with sports activities. I had a little job at Ponderosa to get my nails done Uh (laughs) and have money for the movies and things like that on the weekend, you know, teaching responsibility, but it was, it was a normal, sweet little upbringing. Yeah scattered with a little bit of violence yeah (laughs) (laughs) love it and how
1: about you so I've been living in Lafayette off and on since 2014 and I have my perspective but I'm sure it's different from you know from someone who grew up here
3: yeah I would say pre-high school I was an athlete. I was a cheerleader. I was, you know, I had a pretty normal, you know, with the exception of the fact that I'm half black, half white, for those of you who don't know. Um, So that presents a challenge because there's an identity kind of crisis that any adolescent person who's half black and half white in a country that is very polarized Mm -hmm. on race goes through. So um, by the time I got to high school, I had kind of settled into this like rebel, just y'all schools are boring. I'm not coming. I don't like this. So like, (laughs) I don't fit in. So Did you,
1: you said y'all schools are boring. Like, did you have some comparison or did you just feel like,
3: nah, this ain't for me? I just felt like this wasn't for me. So I started at Jeff. I went to Jeff. Um, freshman, sophomore year, which is like the city public high school. Um, And then my junior year, my parents moved to the county. So I started going to Harrison, which is like a county public school. Mm -hmm. And that's like 0.2% black or something at the time. I mean, it was, there were like eight of us and Mm -hmm. it's a small high school anyway. So I just really did not get along well there. Um, There was racism There was a lot of fighting by me, (laughs) fighting, including me. Mm -hmm. Um, And they basically at one point decided that I was such a problem for them that they paid for me to go back to Jeff. Wow. Yeah. Because like the way the it's not really a voucher system, but it kind of is even then each student gets a certain amount of money so they basically allotted their money that they were getting from me and gave it to Jeff right and they posed it in a way that I wanted to study Japanese language and literature in college so um they said basically because we don't have a four-year Japanese program here okay we can pay for you to go back that's fine yeah right (laughs) but
1: still they sound just as bad as those
0: scandalous parents yeah I'm just saying I think that but that's pretty much how the school system works in, in every place I think that's how it is in Gary, too.
3: Yeah, Yeah. but it's not everywhere like that in Indiana. Like, Indianapolis works on a lottery system. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, see, yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about that. Yeah.
0: Every every student has a a dollar amount. But yeah, that is the case everywhere.
1: I I knew that. That's just so unfortunate, though, because we go back to funding Mm -hmm. and then that depends on like
0: the taxes in your neighborhood. The Gary school system, I'm pretty sure, is like, In debt Millions of millions Of millions of dollars In in debt debt, Which is why there's so many Charter schools Yeah So that just sort of Took the place
1: I just say Please When I was in high school Not high school Undergrad I thought I wanted to be The secretary of education Because this Nancy Oh that's ambitious Not Nancy Pelosi What's her name (laughs) Because I love Nancy Pelosi Uh, Her Yes Yes. The boss, yes, like I do not understand how <laughs> you she <call> can.
0: Nancy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't even have a guess. <laughs>
1: hey, the boss is right. Yeah, I for sure. But who, whatever, whatever, she, whoever she is, <laughs> she know who she is. <laughs> right. Like she doesn't like she is not the the right person for this. Like no. she doesn't understand like she's never how... been to a public school. <laughs> yes, and how our children are suffering. Betsy. Betsy, 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 yeah, one of them. Y'all were close. Yeah, Nancy, Betsy, <laughs> Nancy they, yep, yep, yep. same <laughs> Y'all difference. Y'all the news. I same no <laughs> difference. <laughs> so speaking of women um what woman cuz this is women's history month so i'm really excited yeah to have y'all on as some pretty dope women so what woman or women influenced you as a
0: child we don't have to really know them right No. i want to say who are your role Rishaw? okay who are your really role models all day Yeah. Um, i just when she would come out in them silky pajamas yeah you know, at night, I just, wear them silky pajamas, I just don't knew that I would aspire to a sort of elegance and grace that uh. called for me to wear silky pajamas at night, like mm-hmm. a lady. Mm-hmm. And so, and, but she was also strong, you know, like she ran her household, but with balance, mm-hmm. um, with her partner working together. And so that was always a big influence for me. My grandmother is in there. Like, mm-hmm. I think my grandma is so dope. Like I would think that she was dope, even if she wasn't my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's so much nicer than me. Mm. Um, and and she's just she's just a put together person. Um, she understands how to run her business. And she did so with my grandfather. Again, this sort of dynamic of working. They owned a lot of property and Gary and, and eventually ran um, a large junkyard. And so together I would watch them sort of run this business that, mm. you know, they would turn into all of these other different, different things, um, series of car shops and stuff throughout the city. So just like a role model on, on being a lady yeah. again. Um, so those would be my two and I could probably think of another one, but I'm gonna stick with those. Yeah. Yeah. Foundational. <laughs> Yeah, Felicia Rashad, she was bad. Yeah, and really unlike anybody that I had seen, my grandparents made money, but not from a perspective of 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 like um, what am I going to call this sort of learning where they had to go to a school and then mm-hmm. get a degree, like trade. Yeah, but um, I guess he still learn yeah. To trade, I'm pretty but. sure like down yeah I'm pretty sure down south their parents were like sharecroppers. They moved up here. My grandfather started working at the steel mill, mm-hmm. like, and, um, like retired when he was like 40, which was pretty <laughs> young actually. And then just started running his own businesses. Mm-hmm. So they are that story of Gary and how it can turn your life around and you can make money and be a good person and have a nice family and business. So that's sweet.
1: That's cool to hear like someone who actually
0: yeah. Like During they this, did it. They did yeah. the story. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. So it, that for me is probably the biggest inspiration of just how to conduct myself daily mm-hmm. and also what I want out of life. And I
1: would say even maybe your relationship because I'm
0: trying like, right. cause you
1: sound really supportive and like,
0: yeah. And, you know, I think that it's nice not to get like, cause I don't want to be personal, but he also comes from a background of a family owned business. Mm -hmm. And so we have that understanding of what it takes to actually like be successful in doing this. And that the fact that it's, it's available, it's there for you. If you want it, you just have to have a particular type of structure.
1: Yeah. That's nice to hear. We're going to circle back to like our grandparents and what they've instilled in us. But how about you, LaCara?
3: You know, I've been over here like thinking because I knew it was going to come to me at some Mm -hmm. point. But really, the only person I can think of is my mother. Mm -hmm. Um, She's great. Yeah, she's dope. First of all, she was the first female bartender in Tippecanoe County. Okay. So, a little piece of women's history there. Okay. Um, she's just a hustler. I mean, shout I'm her out. My, right. <laughs> I'm here for that piece of women's history. Like, that is one. Yeah. Five o'clock yep. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She's just a hustler. And a, I don't know, like, growing up. So, my mother was, she had children young. She got, she had my sister when she was 19. She was married at 19 to her first husband, had my brother a few years later. Um, she endured like a lot in her life. Her parents died when she was very young. Mm-hmm. Um, she moved in with an uncle who was abusive, got into an abusive marriage and her first marriage and then, um, you know, got out of that situation basically with nothing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, she just kind of hustled, took care of her kids, did what she had to do um was she very a real last woman. Yeah, focused. Um she met my dad. I want to say she was 30 when she met my dad. So they had me at 35 and she worked in sales basically my whole life. So she was always working. Not that I have any issue with that. I mean, that's what I saw and that's kind of what I've emulated. Um that kind of work ethic and just <laughs> nose to the grindstone <clears throat> hustle um is something that I saw and just knew that I wanted to be successful and have what she was able to work and have. So. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and if I do say so myself, I don't mean to cut you off. <laughs> okay. But you are a hustler. Like
3: uh, well, you, but, go get it. Yes. you go get it. Yeah. Go get it back. Like
1: <laughs> thank you. So be proud of yourself.
3: Yeah. But in terms of women, like sadly, I never saw myself in like women that I didn't know or you know like celebrities or actresses or mm-hmm. I just never saw myself in any of them and I I think that has a lot to do with the fact that I am half black and half white because it's like who do you connect with? You can't really connect with a black woman because you're not black and you can't really connect with a white woman because you're not white. So yeah. it's just this is my mama. This mm-hmm. <laughs> is what I had. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, and luckily I had a, mo- a mother who was a positive role model for me. So that's nice. And you know yeah. what?
0: Let me shout out Deb. Yeah, Let shout out Deb. Deb for being the first Black female engineer in hey. Kankakee County. Okay. <laughs> Deb. that's a bit of history for her and deb is that's my mom oh what's up mm-hmm. yeah well, that's
1: nice out. yeah i'm gonna have to write like write these or, like for real write their names down so i can tag them shout them up because <laughs> that is women's history hello yeah but yeah my mom she was always supportive of <clears throat> My mom was always supportive of like my dreams, my aspirations and like my grandma's like them as well. My grandma, my mom's mom, she was a um, draper. And just going to like all these fabulous homes and she's hanging drapes. And it's like, wow, that's actually like really nice. Um, And everyone in the community like really appreciated her because mm-hmm. just making like... My grandma got drapes. Yeah. It's a, it it a thing. It is. It is, thing. it is. So like we said in the beginning, these are two out of three... Um, host of Triple Entendre podcast. So why was Triple Entendre started?
3: Well, um, I have been known to have a rather funny, witty, I don't know, Facebook presence. I make little quips and statuses and Kofi, who is again, he started 765 Live Radio approached me one day and was like, yo, you need to do a podcast. Like, you funny. (laughs) You be having people going crazy on social media with these um, comments and these topics that you bring up. So I called Kelly. Actually, we were actually just on the phone one day having a conversation. And I was like, yo, our conversations could be a podcast. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. the stuff that we talk about and the things that we go into, like, we could be a podcast. So then Carrie who is the third member, um, me and her go back and forth on Facebook a lot, not maliciously, but we differ in opinions. Um, she's, you know, indigenous and very strong opinionated. And she has a perspective that I felt like was missing yeah. from the national conversation. Um, so I was like, you know, I think that would be a good, a good three and triple entendre. Kelly came up with that, with that name. So was, was kind of I like- love that name. <laughs> Like I really love shout it. out to Ho. Yay. <laughs> We're all Jay-Z fans. Okay. Shout out to Ho. And if I had a person that I, that was like my role model growing up, male or female, Jay-Z would be yeah. for I me. Mean, I mean, yes.
0: Yeah, it was just sort of like, um, well, you know, the line stood out to me. And then also just the idea that the three of us being so different, we're so different. You know, each of us has a mixed. Um, Please like so inform the connectors out there. My dad is Puerto Rican and okay. my mom is black. Right. So,
1: so do you speak Spanish? Un poquito.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just enough to get by. And I'm much better at comprehending it and responding back in English, which mm-hmm. is the ultimate insult
3: (laughs) (laughs) they get mad especially Puerto Ricans. yeah
0: so and it's a very different it's not the same Spanish that I learned in Spanish class it's it's different so no (laughs) it's the answer but um so I have that you know sort of mixed ethnicity background and it didn't really fuck with me I don't think as much as it probably did with La Cara because there isn't such a strong dichotomy yeah. between like blacks and Puerto Ricans, you know, it's kind of just like,
3: they all family.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only a little bit sketchy. Um, just having like an unknown sort of side. And then with Carrie being, she's Hispanic and then also native. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So that was a sort of different coming
3: together. And it just was this, but she grew up here in Indiana. She grew up in Frankfurt, which is smaller than Lafayette. That's even to add oh, more to her yeah, story, that's yeah.
0: crazy as ever. Yeah, I, didn't
1: yeah know I have the wildest story about a pastor from like one of these little towns. Well, oh. you know, we can discuss it I like think I might even
3: know who you're talking about. I want to hear this story. Um, I'm after quite it sure. Was it a black pastor? Yeah. No, it's a white pastor. Oh, okay, that's okay. So
1: that's why I'm like, ooh, these little towns. And so like, I don't mean to cut you off, but I do want to get y'all's perspective. as like, as a woman, as a black, do you, do you identify as a black woman or how do you identify yourselves?
0: I do. Um, not, I didn't grow up with my father. I didn't meet him till I was in my thirties. Um, so that's really all I knew. I knew that there was something else, but I never really had to address it in, in a way that, you know, I couldn't blend. Every now and then there would come the questions and teasing. She had a, a little, little Puerto Rican flag
3: in her car. You oh, know,
0: cool. or whatever, sure. or you know, things, you know, I tried to wear my hair like the girls did in middle school and <laughs> mm-hmm. that was always a disaster. <laughs> same. Um, so some things, it was just like, you're not the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> but for the most part, I just, what they call past. Yeah. <laughs> so I identify as being a black woman um and even you know in puerto rican culture like they're black it's just a sort of different they would be probably considering themselves more indigenous Mm -hmm. um as being descendants of taino indians Mm so the diaspora and all these slave trade stops and everything so you know it's a rainbow yeah even within my family like
1: they ranged My mom, as like I told y'all on y'all's podcast, mm-hmm. like LaCara, your dad is from Louisiana. Yes, yep. So LaCara, like, already a gumbo. Pie. You know, <laughs> she looks like my mom, but my dad, <laughs> like he looks more like oh, that's a black man. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how like my family is—not mm-hmm. just Louisiana, but my family itself. So I often. I don't know. I never, until I got to smaller places, I never really experienced racism. Like mm-hmm. I never, or I should say, cause that is not true. That's not true at all. Cause even in Louisiana, mm-hmm. like I may not be called, you know, a nigger, or that black bitch Or whatever you want to, you know, derogatory term But you've
3: definitely dealt with the microaggressions mm-hmm. and Yeah yeah. So,
1: and then like coming here And You know, my My spouse Was called a nigger
0: And I was like, wow That's, that's hurtful It is, yeah I had called a nigger once in mm. Michigan City I was mm. like, oh
1: this really happened. Yeah. Like his
0: kid was in the car and I was just like, it dad. was a kid. No, oh, it, was it was the, the, the dad. Da- and then he had their the his his daughter was, in the, was in the back seat. And oh so it was God. just like, Oh, you really perpetuating mm-hmm. like that stereotype. Yeah. yeah. Cause of traffic. Yeah.
3: Mm-mm. So my racial identity is a little bit more complicated, mainly because I feel I look more racially ambiguous. Like I don't necessarily look black or look white. Um, Growing up, I always identified as black because that's how people saw me, I guess. Um, I've been called nigger a bunch of times. You live here, though. Yeah, and <laughs> like when I was talking about how I was fighting at that high school, yeah, nigger, nigger, bitch. Wow, might get you whacked over the head with a lunch tray. I mean, wow. And I had I always had this really reactive response to the word. I don't, and I never really even understood why, and I still to this day struggle with understanding why I responded in the way that I did. hmm. But, um, you just knew it was the ultimate insult. Yeah, like who? <laughs> what? Bitch, I'll crack you over the head. But anyway, sorry, ooh, I cussed. no uh, that's um. all right. <laughs> get some <of> that real. <laughs> I'll that's show right. you nigga. That's, all right. that's all right. But, um, now I think as I've, I've evolved, I understand that. There needs to be a distinction between me and a black woman mm-hmm. um, because I don't necessarily have to move through the world as a black woman, mm-hmm. um, because like I said, my appearance is very ambiguous. So.
0: That's true. I did notice that the first time I got braids. Cause depending on, you know, how my hair is or what I'm doing, I, I people have asked me if I was Filipino and yeah. <laughs> meant it. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever this looks like to them, I have no idea. But when I got them box braids, it was like, for the first time I was undeniably black, mm-hmm. a black girl. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. felt it different mm-hmm. when I was moving through the aisles at target or wherever I was, was it was like, cause people do that. You know, they look at you and they sort yes. of instantly have to Put you in some type of a category of box so that they can move through life and feel good about themselves. And so I noticed how people moved a little bit differently. Like mm-hmm. once they checked that box for me.
1: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And so then I'll ask, I was going to ask this later, but I think now's the perfect time. What does the phrase, when they go low, we go high. <laughs>
0: Mean to you? I don't even know if I'm mature enough to say that I <laughs> no. didn't do that. Uh, but okay, but okay. I am
3: absolutely not in that space yet. Because <laughs> we keeping it
0: real, or we keeping it real, we keeping it real.
1: Like <laughs> we are connecting with you. Like
0: who are you, Kelly? Who who you are know, you? For me, honestly, and this has taken many years. When they go low, we go high. Means me raising myself to a place where I don't have to acknowledge or participate in the sort of dense behaviors that is the lowness of what just occurred. Mm -hmm. And so it's literally rising above Yeah, whether that means not giving it any of my energy or whether that means, you know, venting about it at home Mm -hmm. by myself, but not responding in the way that that person or entity is sort of thinking that I will because I'm not participating mm-hmm. um, in that way. So that's the only thing I can think. And
3: Michelle said that, right? Yeah, she did. Shout she, out, she, shout out she, Mrs. She Obama. She's like, great. She better than me. Because I would have been if I was the first lady, Lord Jesus, I know I'd have been responding to all the trolls too. Like, she probably <laughs> got a ghost page. You I'd know? have been trying to set up meets. Where you at? Because I'm outside today with the secret service. Where are you? <laughs> Pull up. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: but I just think like, yeah, again, shout out to Mrs. Obama. Yes. Amazing. For yeah. us. Please (laughs) come back. Like, especially Kelly in the technology field, like, I don't know. I've been hearing, Oh, you know, um, it's not so kind to the women.
0: You know, that is probably, I could see that being true. Mm -hmm. Um, I see some of the departments and I don't work for a very big company. I think there's probably either 50 or, or less people, but they, that's purposeful. um, some departments only have one person. Some only have two. Some are very heavily male dominant. But I don't think that that's them because I do think that this particular one place I can say does make a concerted effort to have diversity of all kinds within the office, and I think that that's great. But um, little girls not learning coding, hmm. there, you know. So it's it's not it's not that they are not hiring. Is that they're not coming in, in droves and it's more men that are doing those sorts of. Why do you think that is
1: like, I, and I ask you that specifically as a woman who is in technology, like, I was already like from a young age, I was drawn to my field, but like technology specifically, why do you think there aren't a lot of women or girls interested in technology?
0: I mean, I I would say it's probably some, some version of, um, culturalization, Mm -hmm. right? Like we shape girls to be a particular type of way. And until that stops on the grand scale, then you won't see a a sort of diversity of women amongst these typically male dominated
3: fields. Even when you look at like children's toys, like boys toys compared to what girls are pushed into playing with like dolls and kitchens. we're just starting to realize like a little boy should probably have a kitchen set too. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And little girls can play with Legos.
0: Yeah. So yeah, over time we'll we'll definitely see more women doing that because it's not like they're not you know, adept. It's not like they, they're not capable mm-hmm. of doing it. I think that it's just the way that, that they're guided in life sort of leads to different interests. hmm So
1: I guess this, like, I don't mean to like jump to another question because- no, I know Lakera, if you want to weigh in on what yeah, does
3: <laughs> you, you have a daughter,
0: that's Yeah, because yeah.
1: that was like that's my next question. Like, how has society, including when they go low, you go high, mm-hmm. wrapped into what you were taught? Cause you're a mom, mm-hmm. Lakera, mm-hmm. and Kelly. You're about to be a mom. It's true. So precious. (laughs) Um, I
3: hope you make your announcement before this airs. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There is no
0: announcement. Okay. No, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, if we have to, like, shut this. No. Okay. I don't think that anybody I know is actually going to then be like, oh, my
3: God. Okay.
0: Yeah. Really? You didn't tell me? Okay. Yeah. All right. I've told enough
1: people. (laughs) All right. Because if I need to get a a wee it, bit. Yeah. <laughs> but like how has your upbringing or society how has that shaped your adulthood mm. or even your motherhood, your womanhood?
3: So I think for me because my mother um was forced into like this independent mothering role at such a young age, like she really in inst- instilled in me. Like you need to have your own education. You need to have your own money. You need to have your own identity. Um, if you find someone that matches you that can complement that great, but you need to understand that you don't need that. And Mm -hmm. I think that was very important for her to instill in me because it wasn't instilled in her. And she kind of had to learn it by default by like, Mm -hmm. I failed and now I have to pick myself up. Um, so I, with my daughter, I give her that same lesson. Like you are your own person. You have to have your own interests. That's beautiful. You have Mm -hmm. to have your own money, your own love for your life. And then, you know, if you find someone great. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think where my mother maybe wasn't as strong was like, kind of rejecting society's idea of what a woman or what a mother looked like. Um, I mean, she did it, like I said, by default because she had to, and she had to work and be a hustler and like Mm -hmm. do these things that women didn't do back then. Um, but she never really taught me that like, a man doesn't, you know, having a man and keeping a man doesn't necessarily define you. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of learn that on my own. Like it's okay to be alone. It's okay to, so I try to give that to my daughter and then also tell her like, you know, if you don't want to go be Susie Homemaker, like that's fine. Like my mother is rare in that she did it all. She was a hustler. She was a worker, but she also came home and took care of everything, Mm -hmm. laundry, dishes, food, food cooking anything. Like my, my father really had a great (laughs) wife, but it's like, I don't think that that was necessarily fair. Mm -hmm. Um, so I want my daughter to know that like, you don't have to do it all. Like you can have your career and your life and your focus, and you need to find a partner that can match that and kind of complement the areas where you're weak. So you don't have to come home and cook and clean and do all, like find someone that can do those things too. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and being an adult, that's hard because I feel like the adult men our age weren't socialized that way to know that like most of them, I'm not gonna say all of them, most of them, they expect a woman to cook, they expect a woman to take care of them, and it's like, no, we're working too, we're making yeah. money too now, so it's like, what what are you bringing to the right. table? Because right. <laughs> this is what this is what I have, so I think that's important for me, and then also important to for her to reject those like I buy her, Kelly sends me these little engineering toys for her to play with, or I put her into engineering programs and camps and shout out to Nesby. Yeah. Yes. Nesby. Yes. Um, I just want her to know that like, there's more for you out there, even as a girl, yeah. like you don't have to just settle into this girlhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's more. So I yes. like that. Yeah. Like I,
1: and I say shout out to Nesby because when I say my brain goes flatline when numbers like mm. come across my eyeballs. Yeah, me too. But my mom, she insisted mm-hmm. like that I go to this camp and it was for Nesby. It was cool because like we did like robots and stuff. Yeah. But like, I was like, mom, please come get me. Please, <laughs> Ew, please, please. This isn't is, is for me. But shout math. out to those girls yeah. who are in engineering who Are
3: tackling these fields. Yes, math and science. Yeah. I think math for girls, I think it's often like a matter of if we're not good at it, good at it, it's like, okay, you're just you're a girl, so it's kind of okay that you're not good at math. Mm -hmm. But like with my kid, I was like, okay, you're not good at this, but we're gonna get you a tutor. Yeah. And now she tests like a off the charts on all her standardized testing and she gets a's all a's in math now i never experienced that yeah like i was gonna feel
0: good yes but i
3: knew i knew like something told me early early i think she's had a tutor since like third grade. Nice. but i was like she needs this like i can't just let her fall by the wayside like i did shout out to y'all
1: good mamas out there
3: Yes. Plus, I can't help you with your homework. So. <laughs> but it does true. create this sort of anxiety
0: that most women feel when they don't feel competent mm-hmm. in yep. something because of their sex or their gender, however you want to say that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, shout out to the care for making sure that. Yeah. Like we're healing the wounds. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing the work. Yeah. These are generational yes. cycles. Being they are. Broken. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. 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 I saw something. I saw a post that said that. It said, I want my kid, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, I don't, I want my kid to grow up, to grow up not having to heal from their childhood wounds. Oh yeah. And I was
2: like, Mm
1: -hmm. i like that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like, children are so fragile.
0: Children are like. I like sponges malleable you know you can shape it to be anything anything given the first few years of of experience so
1: why not like feel fill it with love
0: i think that those people don't have the tools Mm -hmm. like once you realize that some things aren't done maliciously but just done out of pure ignorance Mm -hmm. you know you just sort of then take take sympathy on on the situation that, that, that sort of awareness and consciousness isn't available. Is not there for us all it's available, but given the, the steps that would need to take, like not everybody's going to
3: be able to have those aha moments. Mm-hmm. I read a book, um, bell hooks recently wrote all about love. Oh yeah. You told me to read it. I did. Okay. I was trying to think if I have it, I don't. It's at my house though. But, um, What she was speaking to and what I thought was interesting was that as a society, we haven't really settled on what a definition of love is. Um, So she kind of pushes forward a definition and cultivating the growth of someone spiritually or emotionally. And I think with children, that's important, right? Like as parents, we want to kind of control them and mold them into what we want to see them be rather than cultivating who they are Mm -hmm. or cultivating their own growth spiritually or emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like big for me because I was like, okay, this isn't just a mini me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is a whole person. Person. Yeah. So someone in and of themselves Yes, with their own interests Mm -hmm. and their own desires and their own, you know, everything. So it's just cultivating that instead of putting kind of what you expect. Onto them is important mm-hmm. so. What do you
1: hope I mean new life New seasons A year from now What do you hope I mean, this is, I mean, again, this is women, history, women's history month. So like now you
0: can't yeah. ask a pregnant person. <laughs> but I mean, it's,
1: questions. it's, I think it's a great question for, <laughs> even for myself, like, what is your hope for women in the next year? Okay. Women, I can do that. Yeah. All right.
3: I would like to see this continued empowerment movement. Yeah. I was going to say self-awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like a a rising up
0: of that yes, doesn't necessarily mean this idea where we have to topple the man or anything. Right. It's just, it's balance. Right. It's an understanding of each other. And the, and so that the pleasantries and the beauties that the differences between the two, create in such a way that not one is discarded or dishonored as being less than in order for the other to feel better. Like we don't need men to be less than Mm -hmm. us in order to feel better. We just have to like understand that the difference is what makes it whole. Right.
3: And there isn't an equity between men and women and their freedoms to be themselves. That I think I would like to see. And money. Done. Well, yeah, definitely. I think it's money. still crazy. I, I think it is crazy.
0: A man makes more money than a woman Some people, doing this, and they included
3: think that that's totally reasonable. But I, don't I don't understand those women <laughs> they are I brainwashed.
0: I don't either.
1: Shout out to shout out to less than a dime. It's like a traveling convenience store shop, like a pop-up shop. and less than a dime because, like, women are paid you know, a dollar to a dime to the dollar. I don't know. I don't do the math, yeah. but you know <laughs> what I mean? So like nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, a penny on a dollar, whatever it is. So like they go around and like show, no, here are the numbers where, men are making this many dollars more than a woman. So therefore we're popping this shop up and men y'all pay this much more than women. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of dope. You know?
3: And that's kind of like how we pay for our products. Like the lasers and feminine hygiene products. We pay more. Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Shout out odd. to them. Yes. Yeah. Just because something's pink. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's pink. So yeah. pink, pink text. Things, that they call it that? Yes. The pink text? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Boo. Yeah. <laughs> womp womp. So what, like, from y'all's experiences growing up, what lessons brought you the most wisdom
3: for adulthood? Hmm. Well, for me growing up, it would be definitely watching my mother and father in their kind of relationship. Um, they were separated for a year when I was like 11. So them coming back together and deciding that for the betterment of the family and the future of the family, they could work it out. I think for me was like, a lesson in overcoming differences. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've applied that kind of logic to my career and my relationships for the most part. I mean, not that, not to say that you should stay in a toxic or bad situation. That's not at all what was going on between them. Mm -hmm. It was more like a disagreement. Um, but just overcoming differences and understanding that sometimes together is better. Um, Whether it's with friendships or careers or with relationships or anything like that. So I would say that was my biggest lesson. Hmm. Kels. Okay, well,
0: um, my biggest lesson brought me the wisdom into adulthood. Probably I lost a cousin really early in life due to some violence, um, women on women. Hate, right? Um, So, I would like to see in the future more women working together Mm -hmm. opposed to sort of against each other and competing because you can't come back from that typically. Mm -hmm. So, that for me was an example of my cousin was young, she was just 18. So, it was a lesson for me that nothing is guaranteed. I really hadn't had. You know, I, I had older people in my life. You know, it makes sense; they live a full life and then they die, and I can understand that. But someone being so young just let me know that there was nothing really um, to like at any point something could occur, and so I had to try to be the best version of myself mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. And and I took that with me, and it and it was some bumps on the road, but I kind of always had that because even in the short 18 years that she lived, she was unapologetically herself. Mm. And I always thought that that was so rad. Yeah. That's nice.
1: That's nice to like have that as your inspiration.
0: Yeah. As your role model. And in some ways I always felt like, you know, I'm, I'm doing it for the both of us mm-hmm. because, you know, you want to continue on in this sort of energy and spirit of of a person that that you knew that, that changed and touched so many people.
1: Mm -hmm. So in that, like you're in technology and you're in the medical field, Mm -hmm. do you think your career chose you or you chose your career?
0: Mm. Well, my situation is a little bit different because I chose to be a professor. Mm -hmm. um, And that was great. I didn't choose not to get paid my worth for doing that job. Ooh, what does that mean? Please break that that down. That means that, you know, as a country, we don't value education and educators, especially those teaching in the arts or like, you know, the the art of communicating because it's not as simple as you're born, you start babbling one day, now you're talking, now you can communicate. That's absolutely not the case. And so if we really did honor that, we probably wouldn't have as many, altercations on a local and global scale that we do if people understood what was occurring in the science of communication. Mm -hmm. But don't nobody want to pay for that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. They don't care. They'll pay a therapist to then fix, you know, what is broken from the breakdowns of those communications.
1: So what I'm hearing, you are able to break down how humans communicate and the reason why I'm asking this specifically is because a lot of relationships are suffering because of the lack of communication
0: absolutely I I think that's why most of my life call me all the time you gotta speak included come on now Kelly
3: present (laughs) you know
1: so okay if you could give us one I mean just because just because I have to ask then if you can give one word on how to better communicate with your partner I and mean, your partner being the person what advice would you give listen okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> one word listen all right because yeah. yeah. I believe
1: in paying you for your time because you are worth your time so yes, that's, all. Baby. that's
0: all that's all yeah. that's all so I chose. Technology, because mm-hmm. I just, I needed more for the ideas that I have, the money that I want to put back into my community. I'm a property owner there, the things that I want to do mm-hmm. to sort of elevate, not only for myself, but for the people around us. Like I needed the bag. Yeah. And, and they weren't giving it. So Secured it really didn't matter how much joy I got out of. That exchange with the students and doing that, you know, it didn't matter because I was suffering and I I made it look good for a long time, but I just wanted more.
1: Mm -hmm. So I just did it. You know your worth, right? And that's important.
3: (laughs) It is super important. And I preach that to everyone around me all the time. Mm I would say my career chose me only because like when I went into this career, I interviewed for a completely different position. <laughs> okay. Um, Where did you see yourself going? So my degree is in pre-law. Okay. So I thought I was going to go to law school and then I got pregnant my senior year of college, which is a whole story in and of itself. But um, I applied for a contracts administrator position which is basically like a paralegal without calling it a paralegal, um, because there has to be a contract between the pharmaceutical company and the science that they Mm -hmm. run the studies with because they pay them to do it. So, um, when I interviewed, they were like, you're really overqualified for that, but we have this other position that you might be interested in and we think you'd be great at. And I was like, okay, tell me about it. And they told me about it and I had no clue what they were talking about. It was like <laughs> they were speaking Chinese to me. <laughs> but then they told me how much I would be making, which say, was break the funk. forty thousand dollars a year, which at the time was like to me, I was making nine dollars an hour yeah. at working at a rental car place. So mm-hmm. I was like, 40000 dollars a year, I'll do whatever you want me mm-hmm. to do. So I started working there and I just figured out I was good at it. Yeah, And I was like, I can make money at this. Lots of money, more than 40,000 a year. (laughs) So, um, I just kind of climbed that corporate ladder and yeah, but I would say it definitely chose, chose me. Yeah. That sounds like fate. Yeah. Yeah. yep, For sure. Are you still interested in law? I go back and forth. Um, when I look at the amount of money i would have to spend to get a degree in law as compared to the amount of money i would potentially make the cost isn't necessarily worth the benefit i guess and the hours and the hours the hours are brutal and mm. i know if i went into law i would want to like represent underrepresented Mm-hmm. Poor people, and like I just okay. know that's where you my passion lives. Okay. You can do it in
0: different ways. You can do one of those, like a uh, websites, even that just does mm-hmm. law consultation. Yeah, um there's there's lots of different ways to, to sort of law in the medical
1: field. You already have that, mm-hmm. like
0: yeah. Yeah. I I
1: always encourage people. Get that bag. Yes.
3: <laughs> but see the thing about it is I'm already getting the bag without okay. the degree so it's like Yeah. Uh, How much more do I need? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I won't, I won't force you. I won't force it. But I would say like definitely I feel like there's a need in the community for underrepresented people mm-hmm. um, to have adequate legal counsel, mm-hmm. especially legal counsel that looks and talks and sounds like them. Exactly. Um, so it's something that's always in the back of my mind. And that's, that's the exact reason
1: mm-hmm. why I went to law school. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, yeah. Like, and people that. will say, you know, for these people who don't have a voice, I don't believe that everyone has a voice. Right. Just they're people who have louder voices because they have a bigger platform. Mm -hmm. And that's I'm here for the people who need a hand up, who need some help. Right. But the caveat is you have to be willing to help yourselves. That part. Like (laughs) that part. You know, I can only do but so much and I can only help you as much as you want to be helped. So,
3: yeah, no, I feel that. So if, if it's, it's hard, though, right? Mm-hmm. Dealing with people who are underrepresented and underserved. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Because you do have that. You don't want to be taken advantage of either. Mm-hmm. For somebody who really doesn't want to change or change their situation. That's why you just have a pure heart.
1: Yeah. In any, in any and every interaction. Just have a pure heart. We'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be all right. We're going to be all <laughs> right. So, all right. So, this part of the show is called Who in the World, Where in the World, and How in the World. Okay. Okay. So, it is Who in the World Are You Hoping to Inspire? Where in the world, because you know we love to travel, on the yeah. show we travel, so where in the world if you can go anywhere in the whole wide world and you can bring these people who you are hoping to inspire, or your moms, your grandma, anywhere in the world, and how in the world are you inspiring these people? I know. It's like a very loaded question. So I'll give you.
0: Well, who in the world I want to inspire is definitely the sort of adolescent young women of my community Mm -hmm. um, to encourage them. Because right now their role models are instagram people and kylie jenner shout out to the instagram models a a balance though is Mm -hmm. needed they need both sides of that so that's who in the world where i i don't want to know if i want to go with them okay (laughs) all right so take these kids yeah okay that's fair so
1: if but like really man there's so Even, many places you i want to go no like, <laughs> kelly this is why i say you we bring them along right, because right. how many of those girls have been outside of gary and if they s-
0: encourage them but you know yeah i i really want to do some sort of south american voyages i'm 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 really really wanting to go to machu picchu okay and um and and Ecuador, you know the Galapagos oh, Islands and things beautiful. like that. Yeah, that's something that I really want to experience firsthand. And for a while, I was trying to move to Ecuador. I you know they're in the same I, time zone as Central.
1: I have so. connections there. I've been to the Galapagos. Yeah, and it's beautiful. I, I feel like I
0: need to see that. I need to see that. With these eyes.
1: It's beautiful. Swam um, with the so sharks. So who in the
0: world? Where in the world? And how in the world, how in the world. do I do that? Yeah. How
1: in the world are you inspiring? Are I'm you at good. least hoping to inspire the girls, the people, you know, you hope to inspire? I think inspire? I do that.
0: I do have, I have a mentee. Um, and I think that the way that I inspire her, e- even though I swear to God, sometimes she does not listen. <laughs> um, it's. It's it's hard, you know, and it's like okay, teenager. Okay, I get it. Um, And the only way I think that I can really inspire her and get through to her for any sort of type of change is by mirroring that that behavior to her. Um, She has definitely seen me make some decisions that weren't always the best for me. And I think that we have that in common because I can sort of then show her the ways that I came out of that and then, and then live differently Mm -hmm. from that point on, I said, I was going to do something different. And then I did. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just an everyday thing, opening up my space and my doors and my phone and my heart, and sometimes my wallet to make sure that she and anyone that she brings sort of around can see an example of, A strong black woman. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, somebody who is making good choices. That's what's up. Shout out to you, Kelly. (laughs) I try. (laughs) And LaCara,
3: who in the world, where in the world, and how in the world? Who in the world would definitely be my daughter. Mm. Um, And I guess anyone else like her. I guess I could throw them in there too. Mm. Um, Where in the world... That one's harder.
1: Anywhere in the whole wide world, like someone went to space and I was like, all right, let's go.
3: (laughs) Um, I guess I would want to inspire her anywhere she wants to be. Mm -hmm. Um, she's a homebody. So like, and she hates cities. (laughs) So anywhere in the world for me would be anywhere she's comfortable. Um, Which I don't know the answer to that, unfortunately, because I feel like her room is the only place at this point. It'll change. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's not even at home right now. She's out with her cousins and Mm -hmm. doing all kinds of fun stuff, but how in the world, definitely through example, um, I haven't always had it figured out. I've made some decisions and I've done some things that have definitely complicated my journey. Mm -hmm. Um, so I want her to know that like, it's okay to mess up. It's okay to make poor decisions. Yes. It's okay to do things that don't necessarily add to add value to where you're trying to be in life, but you can mm-hmm. still come out of that and get where you want to be yes. and bounce back if you're focused. Yes. So I think that's just, yeah. By example. Yeah.
1: And giving yourself learning Patience mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And giving yourself grace. Yes. If we can teach like the younger people, hey, just be easy on yourself. Just like you have to be nice to other people. Be be nice to yourself. Right.
3: Cause yeah. you're not always going to have the answers mm-hmm. and you're not always going to do everything right. And there's always going to be somebody thinking that whatever it is you're doing is not right mm-hmm. or the the right thing to do. But mm-hmm. it's like you have to trust yourself too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So in 2019, or I guess in 2020. Okay, this would be like a loaded question. <laughs> so you have all these girls, these your daughter, y'all are inspiring. What if you could pick any award? So that's like a Grammy, that's an Oscar, that's a Nobel Peace Prize. If you could pick any award, what award did you win for your 2019 contributions?
0: That one Medal of Honor that Obama put around Ellen's neck, and Obama has to come back and be the president to give it to me. <laughs> That's my wish. <laughs> I wish I knew what award this was. It's the this blue one. It was like a medal of honor that they can just choose to give sort of citizens. Mm-hmm. And he gave one to Ellen. You remember this? No, I don't. Oh, Ellen got It's like a humanitarian okay. or something sort uh, of like yeah, award I'm and sure. Ellen got it yeah. from Obama. And it was just That's like, nice. I know I want that yeah. feeling from Obama. Yeah, that would be specifically. nice. Yeah. And the works I did. I don't want Trump to do
1: it. Mm-hmm. Ew. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. That I want to hurt when I know, <laughs> but, 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 but she I, gives a lot of money. So that would mean that my my second what was I in second grade when someone asked me what I want to be when I grew up, I said a philanthropist. Yes, <laughs> I had <yes>. high <hide> goals. <laughs> yes, um, because that is yes, something yes, I just want to like be yes. able to have enough to give to someone, to people that, that yep. can then do that. So that's my absolute yes. goal. And so that would mean that I have achieved that in order to be able to give out enough that someone thinks that I am a humanitarian. Yeah. And so that I would be a you. good medal Because I
1: said I wanted to be a benefactor. And I was like, okay.
0: I okay. was oh, so that's,
3: you know, yeah. I got you. I was very much like, I don't know. <laughs> 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 I have no answers. <laughs> No, what award? I want a Purple Heart. Okay, for bravery, so, for saving. Oh, look at my yeah. friend! I'm a brave bitch. Yeah, yes, she you went are. Into the fire and save people. And yeah, them out. yeah, that's
0: big. You know, that's good. Yeah, because I was. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 I don't. I want uh, check. I, I like. I ain't about that life. Like you. I'm going in the
3: trenches. Yeah, that's a good one though. Nah. Yeah, but not one. for this country. No. Just for like my people that I want to like. Not done necessarily for the United States and their imperialist mm-hmm. fighting and killing of brown people all over the world for yes. oil. Not for that. Hello. Definitely for being in the trenches for my people. Though. Yeah, Purple heart. I
2: got you. <laughs> okay. I got
3: you. These are good
1: answers. Because yeah. no? okay. I was just like, I would love to be an EGOT. And she's like, I want to be a purple heart.
3: I want to almost die. I want a leg. Yeah, <laughs>
1: I just want to sing and dance and you know no i'm sorry yeah that's that's pretty dope though or maybe even like a nobel prize yeah um, yeah
0: i thought of that the nobel peace peace see prize, i'm not peaceful like i just know that i'm not peaceful enough nobel that. prize you had to come up with something really good like yeah a really good idea and then and then research it for mm-hmm. like so much 20 work. years i don't know yeah
3: Possible. And weren't some people like dead after they even got it? <laughs> true.
1: But there's like true. other types of Nobel prizes. Oh, I
3: want a
0: Pulitzer. Okay. Mm. For this book you're that's right? super achievable. Mm. All
1: right. Pulitzer. So you have you have a book coming out? No. Okay. <laughs> it's in the works. You got a book in her your mind. Big <laughs> it's in your head. You know, okay, I it's, got you. It's, it's all happening.
0: It's all happening. <laughs> I got you. But that is actually a super achievable goal. It is. I believe in you. Thank you. New York Times bestseller. I see it. Pulitzer
3: Award winner. Hey. <laughs> that would be so dope. It would I would be. gas you like, no, no, other. no. Like, I would be your Pulitzer hype man. Hey, I don't even know what that looks one, like. Eight. I don't eight. either, but I would definitely be that. <laughs> one time. Right. Two right. Times. I, think I got a whole MC bringing me
0: out to my reading. <laughs>
3: It's my girl, want Kelly. Y'all to get on y'all feet What's and put up? your hands in the air. <laughs> but Kelly... I actually, really, I'm digging this. <laughs> I'm
0: digging this, this manifestation that's happening.
3: Girl power. Yes. Mm. I'm such a girl's girl, though. Like, mm. My girlfriends are my life, even if I'm not theirs. Some of my girlfriends are, like, very much into... They haven't evolved yet from just... Thinking that their relationship with the man is the only re- relationship that matters. Mm-hmm. I feel like time. my girl friendships matter more. Yeah. I think
0: it's those relationships that help you get through the relationship with the man. Ooh, say that again. You mm. need that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why they fight all the time, bro. Oh.
3: Hey. You
0: ain't got no friends.
3: <laughs> oh, please get some friends. Yeah. Yes. You got to have somebody else. Stop to talk saying that. Mm. I just don't get along with women. Stop no. saying that. Because you get along with these r- trifling ass niggas just fine. <laughs> <laughs> My digress. problem being around. With right.
1: <laughs> so, then what advice would you give <laughs> for the women and girls in y'all's communities?
3: Don't give up. I know that sounds so cliche. I said, what does that mean? That means like no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many people doubt you, no matter how many times you mess up, no matter how many times you fall short of your goals, of the things that you said that you were going to do, do not give up on yourself because I've been in positions so many times in my life where I was so close to just saying, you know what, I'm just going to settle for this life of like being a single mother on welfare, making $9 an hour with a baby daddy in prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just, but I didn't give up on me. That's, that's a word. Yeah. That's a word. And Shout, that's out. I would, Shout that's out to that's you. What, that's what I would give them. Don't do give up. Do not give up. Cause it's easy to do. Much easier to do than not giving up. Mm-hmm. That's a word.
0: I would probably say manifest your own happy. Because I think that I see too many young women that do fall to the narrative of needing something outside of them in order to feel like they have it or they can be happy or they need a boyfriend or a man or a baby or a bag or whatever. Um, It's just about manifesting your happy would be finding that space with whatever you have going on with what you have to make sure that you can still make yourself happy and you don't need mm. anybody else to do that for you because the moment you start needing that you're it's a slippery slope you're losing mm-hmm. yourself yeah it's yeah. a slippery slope to feel validated by someone outside of you
1: mm-hmm. so finding your own happy oh lord and when you
0: find it don't let nobody take it mm. They be trying. I know. Oof, we both was like, mm. they be trying. They, they, do. they do because it's a, it's a sort of energetic dance, right? The other person feels that vibration, that frequency coming off of you, and they want it to match. Mm-hmm. And so it's about who's going to be the dominator in that situation. Are you going to stand firm at this sort of frequency that you have, or are you going to allow yourself to be lowered just a little bit to go ahead and match that mm-hmm. person that feels some type of way about the way that you are emanating? Yeah. Because they don't feel whole or it makes them feel less than. Yes. And so they got to somebody, you know, they can either rise up mm-hmm. to meet you. They don't typically
2: mm-hmm.
0: because of other things. But because when they go low, we still See, go high. That's what I'm saying. Hello. It comes back. Full uh-huh. Full circle.
3: I don't even know what Shout that out. was. Shout ESPN. out, ESPN, oh, Sports yes. Center. Yeah, you know March what it was because you have like a man. I, <laughs> Cause
0: didn't I even, definitely didn't. I didn't even know what that sound <laughs> <Maybe> was. Neither. <laughs> it's like an alert, <laughs>
3: right? Someone's at the door.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who won?
3: Right. What happened? March Madness man. Right. it's real out here in basketball country yeah I didn't country. make a bracket shout
1: out to Purdue I again
3: know, I, like, I know was like you know what this is a good I ain't shirt today I don't be following I don't try to be phony about the fact that I don't follow this. you know sports. what oh I mean fake not, yourself I just put this on I was on like you know what let me not let me not even cap on y'all because
1: <laughs> I, I am capping <laughs> I, I do represent Purdue because I work at Purdue but other
0: than that mm-hmm. they've been having the games on at work yeah yeah. I would care more if I had submitted my bracket on time. <laughs> there was something in it for you, right? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to win all the money. <laughs> but I didn't, so mm-hmm. I don't really care. I'm sure it'll still be on on Monday. Definitely.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not over. I don't know. When is it over? April sometime. They're oh, past. wow. They're going to Sweet 16 now. I asked, I said, yeah. is this is it over in March
0: or? Is <laughs> it's March Madness, not March, April Madness, right? Yeah, they, they smooth into April some kind of a way. Oh. I don't care because I'm about to enter into a little bit of a rant. Okay. I do believe that the NCAA is faulty and not... Giving either a percentage of those games and profits to those young men that go out there on the court and do everything that they're doing to make Mm -hmm. sure that you get those ad dollars, you sell those jerseys, and you do everything you need to do. Even if you don't want to give them cash money, you can set up a trust for them. There could be a fund for them. There could be something else besides this sort of faux degree <laughs> that you're giving them because they don't have time to go to classes because they're in the gym all the time or they're traveling. So they end up with these sort of like bogus degrees that they can't even necessarily turn into something great. Richard
3: Sherman. Shout out to Richard Sherman yeah. for insisting that they gave him an engineering degree. And because, what, if, and what if he had blown,
0: what if they blow their knee out or they do something? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's them and a lot of them have families and but children.
1: Then, so th- then I ask is it the school or is it the person? Because you still have to be accountable of your life.
0: So I think it's a mix of both. You have to understand the type of person that they're typically getting. The power dynamic is, yeah, yeah. the power dynamic is already skewed. Mm-hmm. And so not everybody and a lot of them don't have already the capacity to be in that school. Maybe something was, was fudged a little here or there, or they already had tutors that made, you know, to make sure that they got there. Mm-hmm. But. Like, for the most part, they're brought to that school for their athletic prowess. And
3: they want to they go to the league.
0: So yeah. they and know so they that have they have to diff- do that. Yeah, they have different goals also. And again, they're trying to take care of children and family in most cases. That Their being at school has put a financial strain back home. And so, like, I just, I personally can't support it because I feel like it's some bullshit. I agree with that. That they make that much money off of them and they don't
3: get a piece. It's bogus. And, like, not even if... Allow them to make money off of themselves. Allow them to profit off of their own likeness. If you're not going to give them, because I understand. Do you think it could be like in terms of
1: endorsement? Because I know as of right now, like Nike can't.
3: Right. Nike, Adidas. I mean, they get in big trouble. I mean, if they do anything to endorse themselves, profit off of themselves, profit off of their own likeness, Mm -hmm. they get in a lot of trouble for that. And I think that part is really bullshit. There has to
0: be, there has Mm. to be some sort of, I just, I can't, I can't support it. None of it. Like there's no way And no athlete should be stealing groceries. Oh, I agree. Like that—that that just I shouldn't agree. even be. Yeah, in, in nobody their, in with their that life. amount of
3: talent. Period. I don't care if it's athleticism. I don't care if it's and the creativity. millions that are
0: going into yeah. the sports I in I the agree. school, which is why they don't pay hmm. the professors. They somehow come up with millions of dollars to pay coaches. This is something and I never like really that. thought about. Like, well, uh, when I'm watching it, that's the only thing I can't think about. And so it takes away sort of the modern day slavery. Yeah. That's, that's like,
3: pretty mm. much what it is. And somehow it's acceptable. And that degree is only worth something when you're able to capitalize off of it. And if you're not able to capitalize off yeah. of it, it's essentially worthless. Yeah. Especially if it's in basket weaving. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So
0: or you have a tutor who's really doing it for you so that you can make it to the gym and be able to do these things. Like, I mean, I know I went to school with a lot of top athletes and I saw how they would come to class with the note takers and things like that. Like,
1: here's my question. What about for the women athletes? Now, we know people aren't really going to a lot of female women's league basketball games, mm-hmm.
3: but I heard they ball. I, I will feel the say same. Go. that they're probably not being paid with their worth. Now to say that they are worth as much as the male athletes would be irresponsible because they're not bringing, they in don't have the same draw. Right. Now, with the exception of the women's soccer team, the U.S. women's soccer team brings yeah. in more money than the men's soccer yeah. team and are or still paid less. I
0: feel like all the college <laughs> so. sports for me is the same, whether it's the women or the men. I feel like there, there should be m- the money sort of aspect of college sports should be taken out because <clears throat> the moment you start signing TV contracts and NBC mm, and he, Like the moment deals. the moment that starts coming into it, you've already lost the spirit of what it is. Because but I
1: think like where my question lies is like your accountability for self. Because you were talking about how some of these athletes, these male athletes, are going into school and they're, you know, getting getting a basket weaving the but, but their
0: purpose for going is to, it's like a, it's like a long camp. It's like a long conditioning camp to get to the
3: league. It and they is. can't go to the league but without whose playing. whose responsibility
1: is it to say, hey, dude, do you need to like think about your future? Yeah. Just like women, like we are taught, hey, be aware of your future. They are
0: thinking about their, their future. But their, their future ability. is hinged on their athletic ability. Is securing the bag in that way. Yeah. So they're just wired differently. I mean, like, even when I told my grandfather I wanted to go to college, he was like, why? Hmm. Like, because that wasn't a way to the bag for him. And he knew that I could do it regardless. Mm -hmm. Like He knew that there was many ways to become a millionaire. And you've bought into this sort of system of thinking that you need this, this amount of training. And then this person to give you a piece of paper that says, okay, now you can be a business owner. Yeah. Because he didn't have that. And so he already knew, but it was like, okay, well, fine. Your grandma wants you to go. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll support it. But, you know, everybody has a different perspective and education ain't always not. the the path for everybody. It's, and it's the self-awareness mm-hmm. that lets you know that about yourself. Especially
3: for these athletes. I mean, let's be honest. When they're in high school, they're not focused on their academics and nobody's mm-hmm. making them be focused on their no, academics. They're, they're training
0: them then for high school yeah,
3: so that they can be seen, so then they can get a free ride, right. so then they can go to the league. It's never about the education. And I hate that the NCAA tries to act like that education Is the end goal. It's not for them. So I would
1: hope somewhere like NCAA has something like you were saying, like some type of fund, some type of grant, like, hey, you won't have to worry because you've recouped.
3: No. And then they're putting their bodies on the line by the NCAA. And it's like if they get injured, then they're it's done. over. They mm-hmm. don't have, done. They don't have
0: health insurance. Right. As a as an athlete, like they're they're in like school. They just go back that, to class. That happened
3: to recently. Kofi, do you know what I'm talking about? There was somebody, an athlete, recently that got hurt, and he was supposed to be like a first round draft pick. But anyway, he got injured, and it's like now his career's done. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's like what now? Because yeah. they're not. They're not grooming them for I, that degree. I, def- I feel like there's for these for
0: these schools that are bringing in. Multi-million-dollar deals and contracts
3: with these businesses, and they're paying their they coaches should be eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. Yes, those those players, the people that are going out there putting their bodies on the line every day, should be able to get something. Yeah, okay. other than a degree, yeah, that might not even benefit them.
0: And they still hungry somehow. <laughs> and I still don't understand. I mean, it. but you have to
1: remember, we have war veterans on the streets, so. What's a college human being?
0: Yeah, I don't know what that means, but but I know I don't have to participate by watching the game. I agree. I'm not watching a show on on war vets, just (laughs) like I'm not watching the basketball game. Yeah, because I don't believe in war either.
3: Yeah, (laughs) it's like people participate. (laughs)
1: People just see other human beings as property as As slaves as commodities labor force and that's why i really hope like for myself i'm inspiring you know even our young men to look at us women Younger women mm-hmm. Girls Women of color Yes Like we are still human beings We are more than capable Of running a whole country We are more than capable mm-hmm. Of doing what's necessary To promote peace and Love and support and happiness We don't have to live in war We absolutely do not We can we all do not. Get the bag Yep So Y'all this has been nice it great yeah. I loved connecting with y'all. So where can, how can the connectors connect with either one of you? Where can the connectors listen to
3: triple entendre podcast? Um, I'm LaCara. I'm on Facebook as LaCara and Twitter LaCara, <laughs> L-A-K-A-R-A. Um, there is a space, L-A space K. A-R-A. Um, on Instagram as L-A underscore space underscore Kara. <laughs> like space. literally S-P-A-C-E. Yeah. Because there's okay. a space. got to make sure you know. There's that's a space. There's <laughs> somebody the other day was like, what am I supposed to call you? Am I just supposed to call you La-Kara forever? Uh, that's, that's my, my name. name.
0: <laughs> that's a weird question. Yeah. Guess who asked it?
3: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> space and all. Okay. <laughs> um, and then... Wait, I said Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, that's it. 765 Live Radio for a triple entendre. You can download the app on either Android or iPhone platforms and go to On Demand to check out our podcast. Yeah, I'm Ann Kelly
0: on Facebook. You might sit in the queue for a while because I'm particular (laughs) Mm -mm. about who I let let into my Facebook space. But um, Kelzita on Instagram. I have a Twitter. I don't use it. Although I read all of the tweets that come to my phone. I don't tweet, but I'm at that girl from Gary. And sometimes I'll peek around and say, is this thing on?
3: <laughs> like an old
0: lady, like is an this auntie.
3: working? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> knock,
0: but I really knock. just mainly want to keep my my Twitter name. Yeah. I don't want anybody else to have it
3: because it's cool. It is. I love it. And mine's Lagara. So, it's like I'm keeping mine for every day. Ain't yeah. gonna have no trouble finding her. <laughs> you know what? That's
1: so. I have two Twitter accounts. So like my personal one is Whitney Houston fan. Okay. However, <laughs> however, I changed mine like early, early on, and then I wanted to change it back to Whitney somebody Houston had fan, took and somebody had <laughs> took my stuff. I was like, this is like so not fair. Yeah. So it's like Whitney Houston. Stun without the, the O-T-O-N, so T-N, I think that's what it is. But you can connect with me on my website, www.ampsconnected.com. Email me, info.ampsconnected at gmail.com. Twitter, ampsconnected. Instagram, Amps Connected, And you can listen to connect with other connectors any platform where you hear your podcast all right y'all thank y'all for having us thank you for connecting with me Bakira and kelly thank you thank you for having us shout out to kofi again (laughs) once again shout out to my boy exclusive yusuf all the way in ergata egypt what's up yusuf New Orleans, Baton Rouge I'm coming home Let's connect Alright
2: y'all